Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert, of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Thanks for joining us today on the Ask Michelle and Chris podcast. It is so good to be here with you, Michelle. Nice to see your face. Yeah, good to see you too, Chris. How's it going? Yeah, good. We're Zooming today for listeners. We might be a little robotic based on our Wi-Fi connection, but we're going to give it a shot. Colorado has been nice. We finally got some a break in the cold weather and we had a little snow and now the sun's come back out. So I'm able to do a few projects around the house. Just finished a little privacy fence and stained that. And now I'm working on the garage so I can get my car parked in the garage this winter. So I'm, I'm, I'm redesigning the storage atmosphere of the garage so I have space. How about you? What's going on? Yeah, we've been doing some home improvement projects as well. New kitchen countertops, new countertops in the master bathroom. So, you know, all things home improvement right now. So Nice, yeah. It's that before the winter sprint, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, because winter, it's hard to get those kinds of things done in the winter and the slushy and the cold. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, cool. Well, that brings us to the topic for today. We're going to talk about types of programs. The question specifically is how do you help clients understand the difference between the types of programs you offer? Mm. Now, to me, this question, I defer to you because I, I wrote a blog recently around the language you use for the types of programs you like to describe to a potential client. Mm. And we'll link to as many of these different writings as we can for those different perspectives. But I think this is a good time to share this information and then we can get more specific in some later episodes. Mm -hmm. But how do you go about that, Michelle? How do you give your clients the information they need to understand the type of program they're after. I think it's so important for organizations, facilitators, programs to clearly define what their programs are because there is nothing worse than a client expecting one thing and you delivering the exact opposite, right? And the flip side of that, sometimes clients can expect you to perform a miracle in a two-hour session. It boils down to having a really good needs assessment. When somebody calls and asks you for a program, you know, what are those lists of questions that you have at the ready? Maybe you even have a form that you fill out, then you've got all the questions right there. But having a good needs assessment uh, can really help both parties have a really positive experience. When I have clients call in and ask for programs, I basically have, you know, boil it down to three different categories. So it's easy for clients to digest Um, what the outcomes are, helps create kind of a shared mental model, if you will, for what fits their needs, their budget, and what their desired outcomes are. So really, I kind of put it down into three different types of programs. The first is team bonding. The second is team building. And the third is team development. Those three programs, in my mind, are very different programs with very different intent behind each one. And all three of them have a lot of value. A lot of times there are organizations who say, oh, we do team building when really they might fall under the team bonding. That's like if I'm ever like driving down the road 
road and I and I go by those like family fun centers that have like the go-kart races and the bowling and the, the different things like that. And I say, we do team building. I personally would maybe call that team bonding rather than team building. You know, and some clients and some people are just looking for team bonding experiences. And again, there is a lot of value in those. I thought maybe we might take this opportunity to kind of dissect each one of those three things and then really kind of highlight some bullet points of like, you know, what each one of those things do. You know, in my mind, team bonding refers to like fun recreational programs that may involve some networking or power building, you know, just having some fun, you know, things like that together. And then team building offers more the teams for the opportunity for growth or reflection and, you know, potential ongoing learning um, is what team building is. And then team development is really ongoing deep dive work that kind of focuses on either behavioral change or team performance or or even organizational change. And would you say team development ideally would be meeting with the same group more than once? Yeah. Is that how you fit that team development in is team building maybe will give you one program, but it's going to be, there's going to be some educational components. There's going to be some transfer. There's going to be thinking and reflecting. And that's kind of a single program. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, let's, let's really dive into each one of those three then. So let's start with, with team bonding. Team bonding in my mind, it's designed around maybe a more simpler goal or, you know, and the outcome is really just having a good time, getting to know one another a little bit better, having some fun, uh, it could follow a specific schedule, but really it's not catered to an end workplace or behavioral goal. So whether you work with kids or whether you work with adults, you know, either one of those, like, you know, cause we can have fun just working with kids, you know, and that's more of a behavioral goal, getting to know another relationship building, or if it's catered to a workplace goal, maybe it's, you know, again, just, you know, building that connection on your team and really helping people connect more. Oh, and being able to, I think those team bonding experiences is even talking to people you don't necessarily talk to at your company or at your school or in, even in your classroom, mm-hmm. you give everybody an opportunity, kind of you program experiences where you, I'm going to use the word kind of force them in a nice way to talk to other people that they don't normally talk to. Right. Then you get to know each other a little better. And as we know, the quote I always use from Molly Foote, the more we know about each other, the less likely we are to hurt one another. Mm-hmm. So just having fun together and having experiences where we're talking to each other and talking to people um, in a different context gives that bonding uh, atmosphere of that kind of program. Yeah. And really the team bonding programs, they typically don't require a lot of reflection time. You know, there's not built in debriefing, you know, and things like that. And, and those team bonding events can really act as standalone events. They can be, you don't have to have multiple team bonding events. You could just do it once, maybe once a quarter, just to get together over a meal or, you know, something like that. Um, So that in my mind kind of, you know, really defines what the team bonding experience is. So then team building more defines what we do in our field. And it's designed around particular goals or outcomes 
that are transferable back to either the workplace or your school environment or your you know home environment, whatever type of client you're working with. And it has an intentional curriculum or flow. This is where you, the facilitator or your organization has sequenced out thoughtfully the activities that really go with some of their desired outcomes that they identified in the needs assessment, right? Like we want to work on communication, trust, and team building. I'm like, okay, let's break those down. What does that mean? What do you want? Tell me about communication. What do you want it to look like? And so you're really dissecting more of the behaviors that they want to tackle or to cover in the program. So you're really being intentional about that curriculum or flow or the activities that are going to really surface those behaviors to where you can talk about it in a safe environment. These are usually designed and or facilitated by trained facilitators who actually have some skill in experiential facilitation techniques. You know, they know how to debrief. (laughs) They know, you know, the activity rules and safety measures and, you know, to where they've thoughtfully thought things, these out. Um, And, you know, and most everything is debrief. So there's built-in reflection time where participants, you know, they're allowed to reflect on their experience, relate those experiences back to the real world. And they're really being thoughtful um, about how their behaviors are showing up in the world and in my team and how they are relating back to the real world. Those could be also, they could require, it could be multiple programs, you know, or include some follow-up and and things like that. But that's kind of my mind. What would you add to that, Chris? Well, I like how you emphasize that these are team building. And and I'm sure in the same case, you'll reiterate around um, team development. You'll have a little bit more uh, training as a facilitator to know how to debrief, to know how to better observation skills and connecting their outcomes to the behaviors that they're actually showing you. So that brings you back to the, a team bonding experience where maybe these are newer facilitators that are in training, but they know how to give directions to a fun game and they know how to keep an eye on the group and mitigate some of the safety issues. But it's also kind of a, a way of how do you progress a facilitator or a new practitioner through a training process? You can start them out in, in watching them do team bonding kinds of interactions and then being able to mentor them through or coach them into team building programs. And then eventually, hopefully through experience, then they can do more team development. So I like yeah. that. I like that distinction of what, you know, who, what kind of facilitator are you going to have working these different kinds of programs, they're going to need some other skill sets. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it really, I love that, Chris, this could be a great developmental process also for the staff that you have, start them out with the team bonding, and then move them to team development, let them shadow the team, or sorry, start with team bonding, then move them to team building, and then let them shadow the team development master facilitators for a while, before you let them loose with your own. Um, you know, for me, I know back when I was very early in my facilitation days, I was still in my twenties, really young, didn't have a lot of experience under my belt yet. And, and yet I was responsible for facilitating some of these programs with companies that we were, you know, that I, you know, really my age kind of worked against me a little bit. They're like, you're some 23 year old that has no experience in the corporate world. And yet you're giving me advice on how to communicate better with my team. I think having language like this would have just been so helpful for me yeah. when I was early on. And, and I think 
the unfortunate part about that is if we are untrained and we're dealing with higher level programming, then that's where kind of quote unquote team building kind of gets that bad reputation where you have a undertrained practitioner working with some a program that needs a little bit more uh, finesse or a little bit more uh, better language or a different kind of approach. And if you're not experienced in that, then it's not going to come over as well as someone with more experience. So that's, that's I think, a, a nice way with, if you know the kinds of programs you're going to offer, then you're going to fit the facilitators that have those skills for those right. programs. Absolutely. Great. Tell us about then team development in your mind. This section or this type of programming is really designed around long-term targeted organizational or behavioral change goals. So, and usually it's a multi-phase curriculum uh, that includes behavioral assessments, not just in, in your kid programs and assessing their behavior, but also in the corporate world. I have several favorites that I use, um, you know, around, um, my favorite one is DISC, and I use the the everyday workplace disc and I'm a certified facilitator in that. And it is my favorite. I've been a really kind of a connoisseur of all the different ones out there. And disc is my favorite because like Myers-Briggs is another one, true colors. Um, you know, there's lots of them out there. And in my mind, why I like disc more than some of the others is that disc is, it focuses more on your behaviors. It's not a, it's a behavioral assessment rather than a personality assessment. I can change my behaviors or adapt my behaviors, but I'm not necessarily going to change my personality, um, you know, in different environments. Team development will likely include some sort of behavioral assessment of some kind. Um, And usually it would require a minimum of one program, either a quarter or a month, and also offering ongoing coaching for team members, whether that be through the aid of a professional coach or just as one of the facilitators on your staff then would be regularly checking in with the people that have been through the program, um, it, giving them home, quote unquote homework to work on over time and then doing routine check-ins and seeing how things are going. And this is facilitated by a master facilitator who will likely work very closely uh, with the organization's either internal human resource team or the school um, you know, special education program or, you know, their staff, or, you know, if, if you've got a kid that's really, you're working on targeted behavioral change, you're going to be working with other professionals that are very closely involved with that child. And so team development slash, you know, just overall development for a person that if you're working on with just one child, rather than um, a whole team of people. And really the outcome of this phase would be behavioral or organizational change. You're going to see something different in these, you know, in these participants based on the number of times you are doing programming with them and the activities that you've chosen have really given them some good food for thought and, you know, opportunities to really practice behavioral change back in the real world. It's a little more obviously involved. I think most of us, all in the listeners out there, and you and I, we do a lot of team building programs. I think you have an opportunity to do some team development. I have in the past, but it's it it is a commitment by an organization or a school to look at long term change, long term yeah. difference. 
in something. So if we have this language, I, I really like this language to get across to all of us who do this kind of programming so that we're not misrepresenting something out into the public. Like if we I say do. we do team building and we're only doing team bonding, it to me, it misrepresents the building part because even though they're getting together and they're recreating and having a good time, some people will call that team building, but it's not necessarily a reflective educational experience. Mm -hmm. So let's call it team bonding. We're just getting together. We're bonding together. We're getting to know each other a little bit more. If we want to learn and grow, let's do team building. Let's do team development. Yeah. Find out what you do in your programs and categorize them and put them in those columns. And then you can more specifically tell people what you do and what you offer. And then yeah. they, their expectations will meet what you explain to them. Yeah. It's going to help us out. Well, and in my experience, I find that when you explain these three categories to people, it is so easy for them to digest it and they will know exactly the type of programming that they want. And they'll pick one of those three categories because obviously each one of those three categories is going to have a very different price point to it as well. If they're looking for team bonding, but you offer them team development, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's that's a little bit way more involved than what I wanted. And then vice versa, if they really are wanting team development, but you offer team bonding, you'll never see that client again, right? So it helps create a shared mental model for what fits their needs, what the budget is, you know, and what the desired outcomes are. You know, and I, I really, I have a list of questions that I like to ask in my initial needs assessment just to, you know, really kind of help. First, I describe those three, the three categories, and then I dive into some other questions you know, the whys, the hows, the, you know, all of those types of things. So then I can share a few of them and that I go through. And I'm sure you have some as well, Chris. Yeah. And that might be actually as a good um, question for another episode would yeah. be, what do you include in a needs assessment? Oh, yeah. And that would, we can kind of combine it with a, some of the other ideas we have on how do you choose activities mm. for each one of these types of programs. So I think for now, we definitely have enough to leave our listeners with, Michelle, where I, I think this is a good way to start bridging into some of those other topics that we have to talk about. I yeah. think that's a great idea, Chris. This, this is a good stopping place for today since we're right about our 20-minute mark. And uh, and so let's we'll follow up with another episode that talks about what goes into a needs assessment and then what are the specific activities that go with team bonding team building, and team development. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.